God says, is there not an appointed time for man on the earth? Now, I want you to focus in on what I'm saying. There is on God's calendar, periodically through the year, an appointed time in your life for God to bring you a divine, double portion, supernatural blessing. Now, I know we talked about this, but I want you to focus in. When Jesus came walking out of the gates of Jericho, there was no way that anyone knew that this would be the last time that Jesus would ever walk that way. Nobody knew it. We don't know by history how many people were sitting at the gates, but we know that's where all the beggars would sit and all the blind would sit and all the lame would sit. So here is a divine appointment, a window of opportunity, and Jesus comes walking by, but it was Bartimaeus only that cries out and says, Jesus, thou son of David. And then they try to stop him. And he shook off, and it's a tremendous teaching, he shook off his beggar's clothes. Today, God wants you to shake off your beggar's clothes because you are not a beggar, you're a child of the living God, and we're in a divine now moment. Somebody shout amen. Amen. This season that we're in right now on the Hebrew calendar is the end of the year by the Hebrew calendar and the beginning of a new year. And in this now season, God says by his word, I want to cancel everything that's blocking your blessing, and I want to birth in this springtime everything that you're going to need for this whole next year exceedingly abundantly above anything you can ask or think. How many ready for a bumper harvest? Now, we talked, we talked. Now, this only happens every few years. The rabbis say that right now, if you'll hear what God is saying, they said the rabbis are teaching that you are pregnant with God's miracle. Now, I want you to think about it. You are pregnant with God's miracle. It's in you. It's ready to be birthed. It's ready to happen. It's already been done. It's also the time of Purim, where God turns your story upside down. Right now, we're in the season between Easter, Resurrection, and Passover. Now, I'm saying this, and most of you know it, but I'd say it so that we can be on the same page. Most of us realize that usually, on the calendar, Easter and Passover are the same day. We're getting ready to go into Passover, and we have changed from the month of Adar, we're changing right now, which is double blessing, and we are changing into, for Passover, the month of Nisan, which in Hebrew means the month of miracles. This is the time to take your situation, turn it upside down, to connect you to the divine, to leap over your enemy, and to bring the miracle that you've been waiting for in every area of your life. If you're ready, shout amen. Amen. All right, now I'm going to teach you something that unless you've been here, for the most part, this has not been taught for almost 2,000 years. Turn with me to the book of John. And I prayed about where I would start this teaching because it really should start in another book. But as I was studying this, God really said they need to get a hold of this. John chapter 8, look at verse 30. And he spoke these words, many believed in him, and then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? And Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whosoever commits a sin is a slave to sin. And a slave does not abide in the uh, the house forever, but a son abides forever. 
Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And you've heard us teach, the word free indeed means not only will I forgive you as a son, but I will break every curse. And I know that you are, now look at this next verse. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. And they answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Now look at this next. This is why I chose to start with this. And Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Now I want you to focus. Listen to what I'm about to say. Jesus said, yes, you are the children of Abraham, but if you would do what Abraham tells you to do, you would see the miracles that God promised Abraham. Now look at me. You and I, who are the children of God, we have been grafted in by the blood of Jesus, and therefore you and I are the children of Abraham. Can I have an amen? Now listen to this. Galatians 3.16, don't turn there, says that the blessing or the promises of Abraham shall come upon the Gentiles who are in Christ Jesus. When Jesus comes back for us, he is not coming back for a bride that's begging. He's not coming back for a bride that's needing a healing. He's not coming back for a bride that's bruised, busted, and disgusted. When Jesus comes back, he's coming back for a glorious bride. Now watch this. That is seeing the manifestations of the blessings of Abraham in every area of our lives. Somebody shout amen. The only way we can see the blessing of Abraham is if we understand. What did Jesus say? He didn't say the truth will set you free. He said the truth that you understand will set you free because you are the descendants of Abraham. You Gentiles who have received Jesus have been grafted in to the promises of Abraham. But watch this. But he said, you've got to understand what God told Abraham to do. He's telling you and I to do. Just because we're saved, just because we're Christians, doesn't mean there aren't things that we need to understand because the truth that we understand, that truth will come and set us free. So if we're not free in certain areas of our lives... And especially what I'm going to hit on in the next several weeks, if we're not free in the area of finances, we need to find the truth that God gave Abraham that Jesus connected us to by his blood so we can be set free in the area of our money. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now, it upsets me to hear preachers say, for preachers to preach against prosperity, God is the God of prosperity. Jesus never was poor. One of the curses we need to break is a religious curse of poverty. Jesus became poor compared to what he had in heaven, so you and I could become what? God wants us rich. I'm going over to the Baptist side. God wants you He wants us rich. So in order for us to receive the blessings of Abraham, we need to understand what God told Abraham. And Jesus said, if you were the children of Abraham, you would do it. Now watch this. Hosea, let me me read this to you because it's phenomenal. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6 says these words. God says, my people are destroyed for what reason? Now, I want you to think about it. The only thing that can destroy God's people is the lack of knowledge. Now, I want to read Hosea 6, verse 3. Let us know. In Hebrew, that literally says, let us go after. Let us pursue knowledge of the Lord. He is going forth. 
He has established it as the morning. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and the former rain. What God is saying is when we get knowledge of the revelation of his word that he will bring not only the latter rain, but he will bring the former rain Everything you should have had, your mother should have had, your father should have had, your grandparents should have had. And it all comes when we understand the knowledge that God gave Abraham. Are you all with me so far? Okay, now here's where it gets good. Turn with me to Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. Everybody knows this, but I'm going to show you something that will set you free and bring you the financial breakthrough you've been waiting for. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. For I am the Lord, and I do not change. Therefore, you're not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, in what way shall we return? Now, everybody's heard this, but hear it new today. In what way shall we return? God's answer was, will a man rob God, yet you've robbed me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and in offerings, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into my storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and prove me now this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing There will be not room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. All right, now look at me a second. We've all heard that, tens of large and offering besides. But I want you to think about the season that we are in right now, where God said, I will do two things in double a dart. I'll not only bring you in your blessing, but I will destroy the enemy that's blocking or even delaying your blessing. In this scripture, God says, I will do two things. Number one, I'm going to rebuke the devourer. That's the enemy that's destroying your blessing. The devourer is, is, is God said, I will cancel your debt. I will defeat your enemy. I'm not only going to bless you, But I'm going to destroy the one who, when I bring the blessing, he comes and steals that blessing back. And he says, well, how is this going to happen? And he says, return to me, and I will return to you. They said, how do we return? And God says, in tithes and offerings. Now, everybody knows what a tithe is. A tenth is the Lord's. But what we don't understand is when, when the Lord is speaking here in Malachi... He is not talking to Gentiles. He's not talking to the church. He is talking to the children of Abraham. Now, what did Jesus say? He said, I know you're the children of Abraham, but if you understood what God had told Abraham, that truth would come and set you free. So when God says here, I want to open you the windows of heaven, what that means is when you understand this revelation... This whole next year, I will bring windows of opportunity by you. This whole next year. It may happen once a day. It may happen once a week. It may be be windows you've never even dreamed of. But I'm going to bring these windows by you. These opportunities of time. Like when Bartimaeus and Jesus met at the gates of Jericho. He said, if you understand this revelation that I gave to Abraham and return to it, if you return to it, when these windows come by, I'll open them up and I'll pour you out such a blessing. There won't be room enough to receive it. And I'll rebuke the devourer. I'll double the door. I'll not only bring you the blessing, I'll destroy the enemy. But we have to understand the revelation that God gave to Abraham. Now watch this. What does God mean? How many, how many want those windows of opportunity to be opened over you? How many want your debts canceled? 
How many know, you know, uh, how many know that we could do a lot more in the kingdom of God if we were debt free? So being debt free is not a bad thing. Being debt free is a good thing. And being debt free doesn't mean we sell the nice car and get a bondo car. God can make your new car debt free and your new house debt free. Come on, somebody help me. And God said, I will when these I will bring you opportunities and if you understand this when they come by, I'll open the See some reason Bartimaeus the window of opportunity opened for him. And when the window opened, he, Jesus said, "What do you want?" It didn't matter what he asked for. God would do it through that window of opportunity. So he says, return unto me. They said, how do we return? He says, in tithes and in offerings. We know a tenth is the Lord's. Can I have an amen? But the offering is something that we have not been taught about since the destruction of the temple 70 years A.D. Now listen to this. In Deuteronomy 16.16, I'll read it to you. The Bible says three times a year, all your males, and now that through Jesus it includes females, shall appear before the Lord your God in the place he chooses at the feast of unleavened bread, at the feast of weeks, and the feast of tabernacles, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Now look at me. We know every week or every payday, that a tenth goes to God. We know that. But then he says, offerings besides, and we've been taught, I've been taught, I've taught that that offering besides is, well, if God gets a hundred bucks, then I give him 105 bucks. Or if God gets 50 bucks, I give him 57 bucks. But we have to understand the revelation of Abraham, so the promises and the blessing of Abraham shall come on the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So God says to the Jewish people, when you, if you return unto me, I, Jehovah Jireh, will return unto you. They said, Lord, how do we return? Have you still got your book open in Malachi? Look at this, Malachi chapter 3, verse 4, that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness, then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasant to the Lord as in the days of old, as in the former years. Now look at me. Three times a year, God commanded them to come before me with your first fruit offering. And when you come before me, these three times, at Passover, at Pentecost, at the Feast of Tabernacles, when you come before me with this first fruit offering, I will make that first fruit so holy that it will affect the whole rest of your harvest for the entire next year, for that first fruit is holy unto the Lord. And he says here, return unto me, as in the days of old. Now watch this. We have always heard that Malachi chapter 3, well, that's Old Testament. And that's about the first coming. This prophecy of God's children living under the windows of an open heaven and devour being rebuked and God pouring out such a blessing, there won't be room enough to receive it. There won't be any more room. Our houses will be paid off. Our cars will be paid off. Our new church will be paid off. Our vacation homes. This is not a first coming prophecy. This is a second coming prophecy. Look at Malachi chapter three. Look at verse one. Behold, I send my messenger. Now, I don't know if you were raised in church, but when I got saved, I always heard that was John the Baptist, that John was sending a Baptist, preparing the coming of the Lord. How many have ever heard, how many have heard that? Okay, but it can't be John the Baptist. Look at it. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. See, I, I always, I always taught, was told that was John the Baptist, but look at the next verse. 
And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant. If this was John the Baptist, it doesn't make sense. Because when Jesus came the first time, he didn't come suddenly. He grew up. He was circumcised on the eighth day. He was bar mitzvahed at his 13th birthday. That's when his parents lost him and went back to Jerusalem and found him teaching with the elders and the rabbis. And then he rose up and John the Baptist baptized him. And for three and a half years he ministered. And then he came into, on, on the day, on the week before Passover, he came in riding on a donkey and they questioned him for four days. And then on the Good Friday, on Purim, he was Uh, uh, crucified. And three days later, he rose again. His first coming wasn't suddenly, but his second coming will be like a thief in the night with the blowing of the trumpet and the sound of the shofar. And in a twinkling of an eye, he'll be here. And so this prophecy of you and I living under windows of open heaven isn't about the first church. It's about the last church. It's about the glorious bride that's going to come back to the ways of old. And when we do, he will open those windows and pour us out a blessing that we won't be able to receive. Somebody shout amen. Are you getting this thing? Now watch this. Right now, right now, we are heading into Passover. In Passover is the month of Nisan, which is the first month, which is the month of miracles. And in this month of miracles on Passover, you and I are, are told by God, if we'll return to the days of old and bring the tithes and offerings, he will open the windows. In what way to return? The offerings that we bring before the Lord three times a year. It's called the first fruit offering. In Hebrew, it's called bikorim. And it literally means the promise of things to come. When we on Passover come before the Lord with our first fruit offering, it is a promise from God that this next year he will open the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing. My people destroy for what reason? If we have never been taught about first fruit, if we have never been shown the revelation that God gave his children the first fruit, we're still his children. But God said, my people being destroyed for the lack of knowledge. But when we come before the Lord with the offering of the first fruit, it is a promise of things to come and God will open the windows of heaven. Now watch this on Passover. Three things happen in three days. Number one, Jesus God said, take the blood of a lamb and put it on the doorposts of your house. Jesus said, when I see the blood, I will pass over. So on the day of Passover, they took the blood and they put it on the doorpost. This same day, Jesus died on the cross. The second day is the feast of unleavened bread. In Exodus 12, 8, he says, take this unleavened bread and we showed it to you, we'll do it in Passover, and break it. There are actually three pieces of bread. You pull out the middle one, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. You pull out the middle one. In Exodus 12, it says this bread must be pierced and striped. They pierced his hands and his feet. By his stripes we are healed. They break the bread. This is what Jesus did when he said, this is my body which is broken for you. It's unleavened bread. They rebury that bread. And then on the third day, they bring a first fruit offering of barley. And on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead. Now watch this. 1 Corinthians 15 says, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. Jesus Christ is our first fruit offering. And if he had not been given, you and I would not be part of the harvest of the kingdom of heaven. On the first day, he died. On the second day, 
it was the feast of unleavened bread. On the third day, the day he rose from the grave, the Jewish people were taught that first fruit offering comes to God. And when you give that first fruit, it is a promise of things to come. Now watch this. Uh, Come Passover, the first fruit we give is the first fruit of barley. Why barley? When Israel was serving God, or when Israel was in Egypt, they were not serving God. When Israel was in Egypt, they were living in sin. They were living as idolaters. They were living as, as, as pagans. And it wasn't that all of a sudden God answered their prayer after 400 years. They had stopped praying. Israel had forgotten their God. Now, I don't know about you, but when I got saved, I hadn't been living as a Christian I hadn't been going to church. I was doing heroin. I was doing cocaine. I was doing all the things that sinners do. But one day when I overdosed and I fell to the floor of my ranch in Columbia, South America, in a drug deal, when I knew I was dying, I cried out and I said, God, don't let me die. And the God of love and mercy reached down Before I went to church, before I got cleaned up, before I got off of cocaine, before I went off off of heroin, God reached out and set it up for me to meet a young man that told me that Jesus Christ was who I was looking for. When Israel came out of Egypt, they did not come out because they deserved it, but they came out because of grace. On the first fruit, on the day of the resurrection, the day after the Feast of Unleavened Bread, when that unleavened bread is buried, they bring a first fruit offering of barley, and that barley for the rest of the year releases the grace of God on every area of your life. Now look at me. What is grace? The grace of God is undeserved, unearned, unrepayable favor of God. When we bring this revelation gift to God through Jesus Christ, he will release the promise for the rest of the year to release on you and your family unrepayable, undeserved favor of Almighty God. Somebody shout amen. Barley was a sign that they were no longer animals. When the plagues hit Egypt, the plagues wiped out all the harvest except in Goshen. Goshen is where the Jews lived. So the plague swept across all the land. It destroyed all the harvest except the harvest of the children of God. When we bring that first fruit offering, it doesn't matter how high the gas prices get. It doesn't matter what the stock market says. It doesn't matter because we may be in this land, but we are not of this land. The plague may sweep through the land, but when we have brought that first fruit offering, we are saying, God, no matter what happens to everybody else's crop, you're going to rebuke the devourer from our crop, and our harvest is coming in this year. Somebody shout amen. Your harvest, listen to me. This is a miracle. My people destroyed for what reason? I didn't know about, I didn't know about first fruits. I didn't know about the barley. I didn't know about the, the, that, that uh, three times a year we bring that special offering and that special offering releases the promises to come. And so when the economy went down, I went down. When the gas prices went up, I went down. When the stock market fell, I went down. When the job layoffs went down, I went down. But you and I, when we understand the promises of Abraham and the blessing of Abraham, we are in this world. But this world this year is not. It doesn't matter if gas prices get to $10 a gallon. Jehovah Jireh will bring you in enough that you'll not even notice. Oh, somebody shout amen. Barley 
was an offering or a crop that they gave animals. And so when God said, on Passover, you bring me the first of first fruits. Number one, I'll cover you. That what happens to the world doesn't happen to you. Number two, I'll begin to prepare your harvest for the rest of the year. But number three, when you bring the barley, it will release the grace of God that you're no longer like the world. They told me, they told my mom and dad, you'll never stop doing drugs. Once a junkie, always a junkie. You'll never change. But the grace of God says, who the sun sets free shall be free indeed. The devil will tell you, your children, they're getting worse. Your children, they're going to get in trouble. But when we understand the revelation of this first fruit, God will release a blessing over your children and over your grandchildren that in a moment of time, he'll turn their story upside down. Somebody shout amen. Because the barley offering, when they gave the barley offering, they said, no longer will we live like animals. In Hebrew, it's called a mensch, a human being. They would say to someone, he's a real mensch or she's a real mensch. They're real human beings, which means we're not living like animals anymore. The world doesn't treat us like animals anymore. We're not yoked to this world. We're not yoked to this system. We're not yoked to any master. The only master we have is the one that raised us from the dead on the same day that he became the first fruit offering forever and ever and ever. Somebody shout amen. So what is God saying? What God is saying is, number one, we're we're in the season of Purim. What is your story? God will turn it upside down. Is your kidney three times the size? Now I'll turn it upside down. Does your daughter have a brain tumor? Now I'll turn it upside down. Is your child bound by drugs? Now I'll turn it upside down. Is there blood in your or, or cancer in your body and you only got 18 months to live? Now I'll turn it upside down. Somebody shout amen. Don't you think if God can cancel cancer in someone's body? Don't you think he can cancel your debt and get you a job and bring you in a harvest? Don't you think he can do it right now? God said, when you bring in the first fruit, I'll turn it upside down. When Jesus hung on the cross, he said, it's finished. During his first fruit, God said, I will release grace undeserved. You know, the devil come, you begin to pray. You begin to seek God. You begin to ask him for something. And the devil will come to you and say, you don't deserve it. How many of you ever had the devil tell you that? He reminds you of the mistakes you made last year. Let me say this clearly. I do not want God to give me what I deserve. You don't want God to give you what you deserve. I want God to give me what I receive by grace through faith that I may inherit the promises and the blessings of Abraham that he'll bless me in my coming. He'll bless me in my going. He'll bless me in my field. He'll bless me in my home. He'll bless me in my job. He'll bless me in my school. He'll bless me in my tomorrow. He'll bless me in my this year. He'll bless everything I put my hands to. He'll bless every place I put the sole of my feet. He'll bless every thought that I have. He'll bless every word that I say. I want to live now in the blessing of Abraham and it's I by the blood of Jesus. Somebody ought to shout amen. Shout now. Now this, now let let me, let me, let me close with this. This is where people get in to say, but this is, this is old Testament. This is, this is not for us. This is old Testament. Well, number one, I showed you in Malachi that this is not a first church prophecy. This is a second church prophecy. When we go home, we're going out. Now, maybe you're not. But me and my family, we're going out the lender, not the borrower. 
If you want to be debt free, shout amen. God says, now I'm going to get in this because I'm going to preach. You know, the, you know what the number one thing that holds back financial breakthrough? Religion. People just, they just love to be religious and poor. And that is, when you're religious, you'll be poor. But when you've got a relationship with God, God turns your story upside down. Amen? People say, well, pastor, this is Old Testament. Well, it's, it's a New Testament prophecy. But the Bible says that these things of old are a shadow of things to come. How many remember the blessing of Abraham? How many remember the blessing of Solomon? How many remember the blessing of the children of Israel? Every time they got into trouble, God would come and defeat their enemy. It's always happened. There is no more Egyptian empire, but there's still a Jewish people. There is no more Babylonian empire, but there's still a land of Israel. There is no more uh, 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 um, uh, Roman empire, but there's still an Israel. Doesn't matter how big the problem is, God's word is God's word. And God said, I will fulfill it. But think about this. These things of old are a shadow of things to come. When you see the shadow of my hand coming down the, down the carpet, when the real thing gets there, it's not a different thing. It's the real thing. So when we see the promises of Abraham, where God said, I will bless your coming. I will bless your going. I will bless your getting up. I will bless your going to sleep. I will bless your, ch- I'm going to bless. I'm going to run. You won't be able to outrun my blessing. You, you won't be able to outrun my blessing. Nissan is the month of miracles. What did I tell you last night or last week? The rabbis, go, st- go look it up. Go pull it up on the internet. The rabbis are saying, with all of these now things happening on God's calendar, which has never happened before, will never happen, will never happen again to the coming of Messiah. Never. They're saying either the Messiah is coming or God is going to raise up A people who will be like Abraham, and they will be called by the world the children of miracles. I will bring the miracles that you've been praying about. There are people right here, you've been praying for your kids for 20 years. You've been praying, believing God, trusting God, that God would turn your kids upside down. If you understand... I don't know how long Bartimaeus sat at the gates of Jericho. I don't know how long he had his affliction. I do know the woman with the issue of blood been praying a long time. I do know that there's a man with a withered hand. I do know there was a blind, blind eyes that were healed. We don't know how long all these things took, but when that now moment came, when that now moment came, God turned everything upside down this month now the month of miracles is your now month in every area somebody shout amen right now look at james chapter 5 verse 1 come now you rich weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you your riches are corrupted your garments are moth-eaten your gold and silver are corroded their corrosion will be a witness against you. You will eat the flesh of fire. You have heaped up treasure for the last days. Now look at me. Last days. All the conditions are right. You've heaped it up. Not for the first church, not for the first century, not for the second to last, for the very last days. All of these conditions are coming together. Now watch this. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cries out, and the cries of the reapers have, have reached the ears of the Lord of Seboeth. If you're African-American, your mother and father 
probably did not get paid what somebody else with a different color skin would have gotten paid for doing the same job. If you're Native American, this land, all of us, all of us, I taught this in Israel. There was a Native American young man who was on our trip and he said, Pastor, would you pray? And I said, everything that's been stolen from your family. I went and preached for his, at his church in Phoenix. About four months later, he'd already been given something like $600,000. He's got several other payments. Why? Because everything that's been stolen from your people is coming back by the Lord of Seboeth. Now look at this. You have lived on the earth in pleasure, luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in the days of slaughter. You've commend, uh, condemned, you have murdered the just. He's not been able to resist you. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. When we come back to the offerings of old, and we bring that first fruit, it will not only bring you your latter rain, your window, when we come back to the first fruit, your windows of opportunity that have gone by you year after year after year, but nobody's told us about the first fruit. Now, when these windows come by, they're gonna open wide up and pour you out such a blessing. There won't be room enough. But I'm not just going to bring you the latter rain. I'm going to bring you the former rain. How many people here are Hispanic? How many of your relatives have mowed somebody else's fields and worked in somebody else's farm, but because they didn't have the right card, they kept back the wages Somebody else would have been making five bucks an hour, but they paid your grandpa two bucks an hour. God said, I've got it stowed up for the last days. I'm going to bring you in your, but I'm going to bring you in there. Somebody shout amen. If you're African-American, it wasn't that long ago that Dr. King stood and began to break the curse off of this nation. Somebody say amen. If you're a woman, how long have we heard? Well, you women just stay at home. You women just stay. There are women in this building whose grandmother should have been bank presidents who had ideas. So ladies, not only is God, now that we're coming back to the first fruit, not only is God bringing your window, but he's going to bring your mother's window and he's going to bring your grandmother's window. Every male Christian, if you read this, it says your males, the church has preached poverty for so long. And Christians have been living under that religious curse of poverty. Well, God don't care about that. Yeah, he does. Because my Bible says money answers all things. If you don't think God don't care about it, I'm going to tell you something. We pay rent on this building. There's a reason we got lights on. There's a reason why you can put some hamburger to your helper. You know what? I want every male, I want every male in this room that once the curse of poverty broken off of their family, I want them to stand right now. Or the curse of not enough and the blessing, I want every male to stand up. Now this includes women, but we're gonna do the men. There has been a teaching that has gone through the church against prosperity. So every male standing up right now is gonna break that curse of religious poverty and release on the curse of the church the blessing of prosperity. Now let me tell you something. That includes preachers. We've been paying preachers, not this church, but paying preachers with chickens and 
Well, we got to keep the preacher poor and humble. Let God keep the preacher humble. But my Bible says that a leader can't take you somewhere he hasn't been. Come up here. Grab a microphone. I want you to pray. I want you to stand up here with me. Men, lift your hands up. I want you to pray and break the curse of religious poverty off of, off of all of us right now. Amen. Father, we come before you, Lord God, as ambassadors of your kingdom, Lord God, and I rebuke and bind every curse of poverty yes. over every man right now in the name of Jesus, regardless of any nationality, Lord God, we come against those curses from our forefathers right now, and we open up that window, and we call in that harvest and that bumper harvest in the name of Jesus, and we plead all seven places over that. Amen. 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 If you believe the curse of poverty is broken, give the Lord a clap offering. Release that anointing. The people of miracles, release it. In the name of Jesus. You know what? I just got to. Every woman that's in this building that is owed back child support and back, what, how, what do you call it, mama? Uh, children support and alimony. If you're owed alimony and children support, stand up right now. If you're owed. Everything the devil has stolen... Come here, Tiz, grab a mic. Everything the devil has stolen, you get back multiplied by what? Do a prayer. Say a prayer. Hallelujah. Father, we declare war on this spirit of debt, yes. the spirit of devour. We command it to be broken in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we command that spirit that is holding back finances from our hands to be broken. We cancel every spirit of containment over our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, we reverse that curse and we release the stored up blessings of God from generations before us. We release every dollar that is meant to be in our hands to do what you've called us to do. Father, we break every spirit of poverty, every spirit of lack, every spirit of containment over our lives. And we release all of your flow of increase, abundance, overflow. Lord, increase our finances that we can do what you've called us to do. And we seal it, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering. Everybody that needs money for your kids to go to any kind of school or you to go to school, stand up right now. Stand up right now. Stand up right now. If the Lord doesn't come this year, we need our babies educated. We need you educated. Somebody say amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I break every curse and I release every blessing. Father, I rebuke by the promises of Adar, even that spirit that delays our blessing. That delays our blessing. And we claim now, somebody shout now. We claim now prosperity in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a clap offering. Amen. Anybody else got something they need to sell? Something that, I mean, there's something blocking. So you need to stand up. Stand up. Uh, we need that selling anointing. Father, we send the angels of God out right now to bring us in the right buyers at the right price. Lord, this is part of debt cancellation. We claim it right now. Who, who's in a court battle right now for something on finances? A court battle? A court battle. We claim that also right now. In the name of Jesus, we claim favor. Somebody shout favor. In Jesus' name. Give the Lord a clap offering right now. Anybody else need a healing? Wow. Stand up. Stand up. G- give me a microphone. Would you come and pray? When you go to pray, it took me 40 years to get it into my thick head. But when you pray, he hears every prayer you pray. Every prayer. Yes. And he will answer every prayer you pray to him. Yes. You can count on that. A young man came to me, and he was in and out and in and out like a lot of young people are today. And he said, how do I really know I'm saved? Listen to what he was saying here. 
You can tell when somebody's born again by this. They become instant givers. Amen. Yes. Amen. They become instant givers. Father, I pray for this people. Yes. I pray, God, for a miracle of God in their Mm. life. Mm. Lord, there's people that are sick and wounded. Their people are hurt. Their people, God, that need your touch this morning in this place. They need to know when you come to them, Lord, and you cry, they cry out to you. You're going to move in the supernatural and the miraculous. And I believe with all of my heart there are miracles standing here because your pastor is a miracle, believe me. And so I say to you this morning, reach out, cry out to God today, hallelujah, for he is the mighty healer. I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee, hallelujah, the healer, the great physician, the mighty God of miracles is touching somebody right now in your body. And it's called the healing virtue is surging through your spirit and your body. And God, let them be healed now. Release that anointing of healing to touch them in the mighty In the name of Jesus, let them be healed now in Jesus' name. Oh, God. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering. Amen. I want everybody that's over 60 to stand because I'm telling you something. It's your turn. It's your turn. If, look, look at the fire that God get, has on that man of God. Everybody that's over 60 in this building right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, release now into their lives the destiny. Lord, we know the blessing you've already brought, but Lord, multiply it now. Joy, finances, anointing, ministry, destiny. Father, we release the blood of Jesus on their family, their finances, their future, their calling, their anointing in every area. Now, in Jesus' mighty name. All God's over 60 shouted, Somebody ought to shout now.